Runs of errands. Let's hustle so we can get back before the cleaning crew shows up. He stood and cleared their plates. Mom was left holding her toast and the butter knife above her placemat. Come on, Vic, Dad called from the kitchen. Five minutes later, they were on their way out the door, waving a list that should keep them busy for hours. Mom couldn't resist one last little instruction. Don't forget the rules. Keep your cell phone on and send a text at noon. I touched the new phone in my pocket. The one thing tying me to them until my noon check-in, and to six o'clock when I was expected home. It was the only way she would agree to the freedom plan. Who was I to complain? I'd never had a cell phone in my life. Things could be worse. When I was sure they weren't turning back, I grabbed the story notebook and jogged almost the entire mile to McMurtry's farm. Across from the orchard, I stopped and leaned against a tree, gulping in air to catch my breath. Other than watching from the car window, this was the closest I'd ever been. Dad always said anyone could tell I was a country girl at heart from my bookshelf. The year I turned eight, when all my friends buried their noses in fantasy books, I'd read the entire Little House series twice. My favorite part was when Pa made a ball for Laura out of a pig bladder. I'd asked Dad if he had a bladder at his biology lab at the college. Two weeks later, he'd slid a clear plastic bag across the dining room table to me. Inside was a flat pinkish gray circle. As you requested. Mom had stared like it was a bag of poison. It's all sterilized, Dad had said but I'd suggest you do your experiment out of mom's sight. He winked, then cut a slice of roast pork and popped it into his mouth. The next year, when I was nine, I'd read another favorite countrified book, Judy's Journey, about a poor girl whose mother made her a dress from a calico flower sack. I'd asked mom if she could sew something like that for me. Flower comes in a paper bag, not a calico sack she'd said. Mom teaches calculus at the same college where Dad teaches biology, which is why by the time I'd read Judy's Journey, I already understood Fibonacci's number sequence and the natural division of cells. Still, her lack of imagination withered me. If you buy flour at a feed-in hardware store, it comes in a calico sack. I held up my worn, orange copy of Judy's Journey as proof. She'd put down her architectural digest. Annabelle, when was the last time you saw a feed store in Manhattan? See, this is why we should be living in the country. Then we could make our own clothes and pick wild berries for dinner. Mom had scrunched her forehead, which meant she was about to have a worried about Annabelle moment. Wild berries have bacteria. They can make you sick. I'd stuffed Judy's journey under my arm and stormed from the room. At dinner that night, Dad had asked why I was so sulky. I put my chin on my fist and pretended to ignore him. Mom had said, she read a book about a poor girl and asked me to sew something from a calico flower sack. It's not only that, Dad. I'd grumbled. It's that we live in a city. There's nothing good here. No grass, no ponies, no cows to milk or crops to harvest and sell. Nothing. Dad had tapped my head and smiled. 
pumpkin. You're the only privileged child I know who wants nothing more than to be poor. I'm probably the only nine-year-old on Earth who's never eaten a berry right off the vine. Back then, I was sure it was true. I'd never eaten a berry from a bush, never brushed a pony's tail, never owned a dog, raked leaves into a pile, made jam, or picked pumpkins out of a patch. For all the years I'd helped Dad with summer science camp at the lake, for all I knew about leaves of three and spores and how caterpillars digest themselves before turning into butterflies, I'd never done any of the things country girls in my books did, because I wasn't one of them. I was a city-in-the-winter, resort-in-the-summer girl. The closest I ever came to country life was driving past McMurtry's farm.